Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to show number 87 of the Jimmy Palumbo Show from downtown Mawa, New Jersey, in my kitchen, and also from downtown Matawan, New Jersey, from the Chop Sports Studios via Mojo, via whatever the hell else we got here. Your friend and mine behind the glass with Jimmy Palumbo here. Chris Gucci's in the house. Chris, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. Pleasure to be here. Um, Packers lost five in a row. Here to check in. <laughs> I'm doing okay. I promise. I'm yes, over it. I, I, yep, I know people have been sending you care packages, soups, canned goods. It's actually like kind of nice, you know, all the attention I'm getting these days. Well, y- you do realize that I have absolutely zero, zero caring, only because I'm a Rutgers fan and a Giant fan. <laughs> And we've sucked for so long that I just you you had one bad month. <laughs> yeah, it's a ple- it's a pleasure for some to see for sure. You know, it's good to see uh, 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 it's good to see uh, somebody just suffer for a little bit. Even though I'm not, we'll, we'll see how the Packers whether or not they make my stinks list or not. Oh, they should. But this is show number eighty seven, and of course, I was thinking I could have went. Listen, I graduated Rutgers in eighty seven. I could have done that, but since I did. 83 Colonial High. I said, you know what? I'd have more fun. Get back to the roots of what this is. And I chose two guys. But before that, you know, I got to mention Gronkowski and, you know, giant tight end Howard Cross and guys like that. I'm sure you're going to mention a few pro guys as well. But I'm going to go with two guys. And these two guys are just, I think they're drive off the road people. And I apologize for my scratchy voice. I, <laughs> I scream, was screaming at the Rutgers game. We'll get more to that in a little bit. I'm going to go with Gary Shirk. Okay, tight end for the Giants years ago. He played seven years with the Giants. He's your classic tight end that couldn't play today. He probably would barely be able to play D3 college. And what I remember about him, I was a younger kid. He played definitely, uh, you know, into I remember him. He was the kind of guy that always was supposed to get cut. And Chris, you'll love this. He was the guy like they draft a tight end and Gary Shirk's going to get cut. And then they would do those like spring spring game things, you know, who can who can run around the track most and who do the 40-yard dash, you know, those things coaches do. And Gary Shirk would come in first every time. And like he just – I mean, it was like the last three years, they were like, ah, oh, he probably won't make the team. And next thing you know, opening day, he started the game. Um, just a very incredibly average, but he played for seven years in the NFL. Guys like that are great on special teams, and that's right. probably what he stuck around for. And 130 receptions, 11 TDs. So Gary Shirk, number 87, two guys are just going, what is Jimmy talking about Gary Shirk for? And the other guy is, to me, is very unique. And Dave's going to hate me for this. Um, it's a guy, number 87, Byron Williams. And here's why. He was a wide receiver with the Giants, okay? He was only there for three years. But the best thing about it, he's the worst hands of any receiver I've ever seen, even to this day, okay? But he was fast. And in 1984, the Giants started to get, you know, we had the 81 season, we made the playoffs, and it was a strike. 83, Parcells came in, we shit the bed, 3-12-1. And in 84, the, 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 the nucleus of the Giants kind of got itself together again. And, um, and there was a receiver on the Giants named Byron Williams. And against an early Cowboy game at home, I remember Phil Sims, the quarterback, and we had receivers that are as like fast as you and I are, okay? And this guy caught a pass from Phil Sims at the 35-yard line, and the Cowboys were, we thought they were pretty good. He took the ball and took it, like, to the house. Like, and I we, I remember being like, you know, I was, I was 20 years old. I remember like, we were like, oh my God, like he split the defenders and you thought like, oh, he'll get knocked out of bounds at the 50. And all of a sudden, like, he just was, he just was gone. Like, 
touchdown. And we were, we were all, the fans were like, we never do that. It was like one of those, you know, Drew Pearson plays or Jerry Rice plays that happens every week. Actually, now it happens like, you know, twice a game to guys. But, I'm waiting so I, for mine. I haven't gotten mine yet. And I remember just being like, we were like Byron Williams. So years later, whenever there was somebody wide open and caught the ball and like didn't get in, we were like, oh, he's no Byron Williams. So my two guys are going to be uh, Gary Shirk and Byron Williams. If you're a Giant fan, you get how funny that is. If you're not, well, it's just two shitty guys who played for the Giants years ago. What do we got, Chris? All right. Well, it's an easy one. It's obvious for me. I'll say Robert Brooks because it's my sister's favorite player, and I know that Roxanne listens. Um, so Robert Brooks, her all-time favorite player. And then I have an interesting story about number 87 from the Green Bay Packers, Jordy Nelson. So I've been to Green Bay a ton of times, and I'm sitting in the bar. It's curly. He, it's he's, he don't play no more. He doesn't he? play anymore, but – He's my he's in my top three all time favorite remember, Packers. Sure, Just sure, sure. quiet guy, got it done, smart player, saved us from a lot of dumb penalties with McCarthy. I could get into that, but that's another story another day. I'm sitting at Lambeau Field. It's Curly's Pub. It's the bar at Lambeau. And I'm wearing a shirt, and it's a shirt that looks like the Michael Jordan symbol where he's dunking okay. the basketball. But okay. instead of saying Air Jordan, it's a football player holding a football, and it says Air Jordy. So a woman, ah, and Jordy getting involved. A here. woman, a woman at the bar, says, "Hey, where'd you get that shirt?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, I got it online. I showed her the website." And she was like, "My son would love that shirt." And I was like, "Oh, you know, where is he?" And she was like, "Oh, he's in the locker room. My son is Jordy Nelson." She oh bought me a beer, God. so I had a beer with Jordy Nelson's mom. <laughs> uh, took some pictures. Wait a minute, hang on. How old was Jordy Nelson's mom? She might have been, uh, you know. Uh, and and come to find out a year later, Jordy Nelson's mom got divorced. And this is not uh this is a true story. So uh -huh. I had nothing to do with me, but the beer was good on Mrs. Nelson at the time. All right, all right. So cool. was she, story, was, right? she was a decent looking lady from what I hear. Um yeah, well, they're from Kansas. They worked on a farm their whole life. So you would imagine, yeah, you know, but yeah. So farmer hot, farmer Farm, hot. Yeah, farmer hot. <laughs> if there's a such thing, yes. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there is, but all right, so Jordy Nelson. Well, you have to go with that then. You have a special. Well, you like the Packers, so it's Jordy Nelson's mom. We'll call it. All right, we'll call this. So it's basically show number eighty-seven is dedicated to Gary Shirk and Byron Williams and Jordy Nelson's mom. I can think of no better way to go with that. Um, all right, that's it. So now we got to get. Of course, everyone. Thanks for uh, continuing to support me on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. And please do all that stuff and, and streaming in a little shout out to Greg Riccardi, who's listening in on LinkedIn right now. Um, LinkedIn seems to be the only place where people can listen. I haven't figured out the social media thing yet. Every time I do something on social media, only four people even get it. We're working on that as we speak. Um, and I still, I am in now with Patreon. I'm doing really well, Chris. Because I'm solid. And what you want, I've learned when you have Patreon, you got to be solid. You want to just keep the same. You know what I mean? You don't want to grow Patreon. Why would you do that? You want to keep the same. So I am now, uh, you know, uh, mired at show number, I mean, Patreon <laughs> number 14, which makes me really, at the end of the day, the Dan Fouts of Patreon. Um, I know I just pulled that one out of my ass, the solid Dan Fouts. And of course, they are Alex Detsena, Mary Eileen Riccardi, Mike DeMosi, Eileen Palumbo, Joe Palumbo, Rob Pastor, my uh, Kappa Sig buddy, James Kanowitz, 
my website guy who rarely calls me back, but I love him anyway. My nephews, Jimmy Riccardi, John Henry, and Eric Palumbo. Uh, we've got cornholelevel.com. Michael Caprio getting involved here. My brother, Frank, who's the Wellington Mara of uh, Patreon for me. And Daryl Clark, my happy LSU fan. He's been very thrilled with what went on. I told you. Kelly is going to dominate at LSU because he can now recruit the kids that you don't have to go through the hoops that you have to go through at Rutgers Northwestern Boston College. He's at LSU. He can recruit anybody. They're going to they're going to win a national championship within two years. And also my buddy Greg Castellino to round it out. So we are stuck at the Dan Fouts level, but that's okay. That's how it works. Which brings us now to Chris, a very I don't know if this is going to be a sad segment coming up. Or, or an inspirational segment. This is something for the kids at home. Now, it's and I want to I don't want to bring the room down, but we normally do a segment called Jimmy's weight loss, Jimmy's weight conundrum situation, and it's sponsored by and I'll get the sponsor out of the way. It's sponsored by your friend and mine, Absolute Eyewear, forty two Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, seven three two three two six three nine three seven. Chris. Seven three two three two six. Eyes. You love that. I know you do. It's owned by Craig and Janine. They're opticians. Go check them out. They're awesome. And the best thing, they got everything there. All kinds of prescription sunglasses and eyeglasses and stuff for the kids. Everything's done on site. They're cool people. Uh, although Janine was not at the Rutgers game on Saturday. They do eye exams there. They got Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Chu. Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar, and Oakley. Not Charles Oakley. They got You get $100 off a complete pair. If you mention the Jimmy Palumbo Show, they're open five days a week, but they're closed on Wednesday. Why, Chris? That would be softball night. Jimmy. And they're closed on Sundays. Why, that's, Chris? That's obviously football giant day. Which six is, and two football giants are on the air. This is Jim Gordon to be alongside Six Dick and Lynch. three football giants. Stop. Let's not get this. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, you Packer loser. Um, so that's it. Go check them out. Now, listen, me and Chris in our production meeting, we have these long production meetings. Usually they take around 40 seconds. And um, we went over stuff. We finally decided that since – I'm not really on any dieting plan, okay, that we think we're, we're going to push, we're going to pause this Jimmy's weight loss segment until the new year. We um, actually, did we discuss this? Yes, we did. We did. We talked about it. And But here's the weird thing. Now, last week I came in at 197.5, and this week I came in at 196.5. So a lot of people say, why would you stop it when you were now starting to head in the right direction? Well, there's reasons for that. I'm just eating better. I'm, I'm uh, running around, uh, playing a little more pickleball. Um, but the bottom line is, this, I'm not really, I'm not really on a system. So it's kind of like this reminds me of a situation where it's like you know you're going to a therapist because you have an issue, and you're like, no, I'm I'm fixed, you know. So I'm I'm good now. So I don't I don't need this this therapeutic uh, segment. No, no, every it's week. not that. No, 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 no. I, Jimmy's I hear, fixed. He says no, he's no, fixed, no, guys. No, no, no. So I'm proud of I'm, you, bud. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying I'm fixed at all. I'm saying that we're we're you know we're running the ball off tackle. And we want to put a little system in place where I can start throwing the ball downfield a little bit. And I'm, I'm I will only mention my weight loss between now and the new year if it's like hey you know what I had a good week. But we're gonna just pause this segment and get more into it later on. 
but that's okay. Absolute Eyewear is still the best uh, uh, sponsor at, at Chop and the Jimmy Palumbo Show. So that's it. So I lost another pound. So God bless. I think you can see it, my chin a little bit. Um, all right. Well, let's get right to it. You know, I like to do this show like a Monday morning kind of thing from the weekend. We could talk about Rutgers football. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't really know how to describe this. Um, the, I lost my voice because the first half of the Rutgers game Saturday night was probably it was the most fun I've ever had in a first half of a Rutgers game ever. Keep in mind the Louisville game. I think we were down 25-3 at the half. Or maybe maybe it was 20 to 3. We're getting beat in a half, then we blew them out in the second half. But um, not blew them out, but we took the lead. Uh, this game was fun, man. Mar- Michigan got the ball. You know, they marched downfield. They looked, man, they just looked, they looked like a top five team. The, the yellow, and there was tons of fans there for Michigan. Can't blame them. Rutgers people sold their tickets. They went or they went to StubHub. Michigan fans have a huge contingent of alumni in New Jersey. I think it's the third most state of, of uh, uh, alumni. Um, they were there. They weren't douchey at all. They were just enjoy. And they came out and they went down the field and they looked like, oh boy, they looked bigger, fast, you know, seven, nothing, boom. But then a funny thing happened. Uh, I kept on saying, well, our defense is better. Let's see what happens. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, there was a lot of punts going on and I seven, nothing, seven, nothing, seven. Then we kicked the field goal, seven, three. And, uh, no, first I think we, then we blocked the punt. And Rutgers has a history of blocking punts. We blocked, and the crowd just got electric because it was almost like, all right, we're going to get our ass kicked, but we just blocked the punt, took it to the house. It was fun. Jumping up and down, me and my brother all fired up, you know. And then then they kick a field goal. They start taking leads and stuff. (laughs) It was like, and the only thing I can tell you is after after we blocked the punt, Shiano decided to go for an onside kick. My brother hated it. So did the guy to my left. I loved it because to me, it's like, you know what? When you're in a when you're in a boxing ring and you know you can't go twelve rounds, <laughs> any uppercut you have a shot at, you got to take it. Not that we would even if we got the onside kick would have happened. Uh, and of course, it led to something where I couldn't have been more wrong because I'm about to say something that, that fans are going to get pissed at. Next thing you know, they have the ball at the fifty yard line, and you know they score, blah blah blah. But then they miss field goals. The bottom line is Rutgers was up seventeen fourteen at the half. The crowd was it was very exciting. And I started to notice it was like, wow, when, when Michigan starts at their own 25, they don't do much. They get a couple of first downs, but they punt. And so I was excited about that. And then, of course, at halftime, I went up to get a beer, and I was high five with my buddies. But we were all like – it wasn't like – Rutgers fans aren't like, oh, my God, we're awesome. It, it was, was like, like, no, we did it. It was like we did it. We it, was, did it. it was almost like dude, now let's go. Now let's go watch the second half. Right. Yeah, you know, but, but it was like very. It wasn't like oh, where do you see what we're gonna do? And it was more like, hey, I, uh, it's like going out for a cigarette break at a bar and being like, dude, look, I'm just you've going. been saying you've been saying it for like two years now. I just want to go into the halftime with the lead. That's and all it was. That's it. That's you it. Did it. And you we did, did it. it. And we, you know, I. It, it's like being in a bar and you're out. You know, you go to the bathroom with your buddies and you're like, dude. Do you I'm, think? That chick, do you think that Harbaugh? To me. Do you think Harbaugh even had to say anything at halftime, or did he just look at them no, and say, "No, listen, no." He, he guys. He, but, but but he actually did say something at halftime. But he, it was strategic. So we go back in there, and all of a sudden, this kid Wimsat. Um, he's young. He's got an arm, and I. I I wish him well. I still think he's the quarterback of the future, obviously, but although we're bringing in a bunch of quarterbacks next year. And 
he's got an arm, but I think his ankles bothering him. He never runs. I don't think he's that fast anyway. He's got a rocket arm. Um, but he has no touch. Like, I don't, he looks like a guy who never played pole to pole in the street. You know what I mean? And uh, like, put it this way uh, if Vedral, Vedral's wrist is, was shattered in 15 places, if Vedral was in this game, we don't lose 55 to 17. No chance in hell. And then Wimsack comes in, he throws three picks in three minutes or four, whatever it was, four minutes. So, Michigan started at the 30-yard line. One, they took to the house. They were starting at the 30 going in, and they scored right away. And next thing you know, I was in my car on the way home. And I was like, wow, we just got blown out right there. Like It was like a, it was like a, an explosion. Uh, it's basically what you expected to see at the start of the game right. and then them take their foot but off. But the only but... thing, the only thing I still, I still say, yeah, but when they started at their own 25, <laughs> they didn't do much. They, they had so many points after like from midfield on. So the only thing I could take from it, even though it looks like our defense was lousy, um, it was more that our offense was horrible. And, um, but now as listen, as Rutgers fans go, this is the one problem I have. Nothing ever carries over. Like we play Michigan state this week. All right. Michigan state is not nearly as good as Penn state, Michigan, not nearly this year. So like, why can't the first half of the Michigan game, Eliminate some turnovers, carry over it, but it doesn't happen. I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan wins 45 to three and Michigan State wins 45 to three. You know, we're still alive for a bowl. We got to win two out of three. Uh, Michigan State is down this year. They're way better than us. Penn State, that's a loss. And then you got Maryland to end the season. So uh, it just was very, I'm tired of being on Route 287 very depressed that my team just did something like, Oh, that was brutal. It's always something like the interceptions. It just was brutal. But, and then the fans at Michigan, uh, one guy in a, one Michigan guy whipped a beer can from two feet away to the, uh, one of the guys that was like six guys away. It was like vicious, like, and he was an older guy and he got kicked out and, um, Fans were really about to really attack this guy because it was almost like if it hit him in the head, I think this guy would have been like maimed. It was awful. And then the security guard, I went to get a beer. I saw a security guard talking to the guy through the beer. Uh, it was a can, about a 24 ounce can. And he was talking to the guy very calmly. And it looked like the security guard was going to let him back down. So I went over to another security guard and I said, hey, man, uh, listen to me very clearly. Okay. You can let that guy back in, put him in the upper deck, put him in another row, put him somewhere else. If you bring that gentleman back down to that seat right now, especially we're up 17, 14 at that time, people are going to, you're going to have a brawl because guys were really pissed. You don't throw a beer can, mm. I, you know, like it was two feet away. It was like, it was like an assault. And next thing you know, we didn't see the guys. So whether I had a hand in that, I don't know. But we got blown out. The Michigan fans were dancing on our grave a little bit. But you know what? That's what that's what happens when you give up uh, forty five points in seven seconds. And uh, so that's that. So, um, but we move on to something exciting. What happened last night, Chris? Maybe you're not aware. Uh, Rutgers basketball season started, and we're going to have on in a little bit Ed Zucker, former Rutgers player, is going to give us a little preview on Rutgers basketball, and I'm going to give my two cents. Um, but uh, they opened up with Columbia, 11-point lead at the half. Columbia stinks, and we won by 40, which is what you have to do. So 
I was thrilled to be able to go from sad Rutgers football back to something that's been a little more positive in the Rutgers hoops arena. And that's it. My Knicks, I still think they stink. Um, I turned a Nick game on and all I see is a bunch of guys running around. Like I, is there nothing, what's going on here? <laughs> like they're supposed to be a good defensive team, but the other team scores all the time. Obi Toppin to me, he runs around, he dunks like, but he stinks. And I don't know, like Jalen Brunson and Ray, it's like, I'm a Nick fan, so I root for the jersey, but like nobody really likes this Knicks team. It's just like, oh, they're only down by five, or oh, they're up by eight. There's no like, you know, you know what I'm saying, Chris, when you're watching a team and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think everybody kind of understands that the Knicks just ain't there yet. So why get so bent about it? Watch them. Oh, they're up eight. Cool. They're down five. Typical. I don't know if they're ever going to get there, though, because they don't I, have. I agree. Because you need, it's a star league and. Um, I think it's, I think it's Barrett Barrett is just not athletic enough to be a star in the league. And while he'll be a good player, just when yeah, they picked play- him- you know what it is? I feel like the Knicks have, they have they went 10, 12 people on the roster and what they have is no great players, but they have like four good players that will, even if they leave, the Knicks will play in the NBA in another three or four years. But in the NBA, four good players means you you're five games under 500. Or you're fighting for the eighth seed, maybe. I just don't think they have an identity. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, my Giants had a bye, six and two. Still fun. The bye came in a bad time because we lost. But look, they play Houston. Houston's not that good this week. Maybe the Giants will. I'm going week to week with the Giants because they get easy to lose any game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants go six and 11. I wouldn't be surprised if they win 12 games the way the NFL is today. It's a mess. Um, they play Houston. That's a winnable game. But And they think they have – then the last five games, very unique. I don't know if you know this. In the last six games of their season, they play the Eagles twice, the Redskins twice, and the Cowboys. All their divisional games are loaded up at the back end. I don't recall a season where that ever happened, but it really depends, you know, uh, how good the how good the Washington – did I say Redskins again? I didn't mean to say that. Um, you yeah. know, how good Washington is, so on and so forth. So – um, that's that. So the, the Giants to me again, you just go there with a smile on your face. Hey, we're six and two, and hey, we're six and three. Hey, we're six and four. until they're six and eight. It's hey, this is great. Also, the Jets what a nice win. Um, Jets are playing good football. Um, and that's always fun to see. Uh, I'm not a Jets fan per se, but I don't mind the Jets. And uh, they're playing good football, play inspired, they're fun to watch. So that brings us to Christopher. CornholeLevel.com, because you know it's time for the stinks list. The famous, it's becoming world famous now. You aware of this? It's really, it's, it's, I think it's going to be on ESPN. The Jimmy Palumbo stinks list is sponsored by CornholeLevel.com. You know why, Chris? If you play cornhole and you got a board in the backyard and it's not leveled and it's lousy and it's crappy and you got a bad backyard on a hill, maybe you put this thing on, it balances it to fro up and down. You hook it on the hole. It's awesome. It's $19.95, 20% off. If you put it in JP show, go to CornholeLevel.com. Chris, these things are awesome. It levels your cornhole board. And I know guys like me and you, we play cornhole like once every nine years, but when we do, <laughs> like I would feel bad if I knew you were at a party and you left your cornhole leveler dot. I mean, your your, your the gadget as we call it. Do you if think you that I would ever? Do you think I would ever show up at a party without my? I don't think so. I think you, I know you have one in your glove compartment, like you know, because you're not good at cornhole because you don't spend the twenty minutes to become ranked. Um, so I know, like, if you and I went to a barbecue, and I said, Chris. 
let's really try to be the best players here. You would be like, Jimmy, I, I, we I, need well, a, we I need already, I'm already better than you out of the gate. No, so. no, see, that's what you're wrong. See, we'd be even, we'd be people who don't care. We'd be teammates. We right, would be fair. the non-caring, but we're going to dominate this barbecue. Or at least show everybody how we were not ranked. We weren't even Division One, And we're tied with North Carolina at the half in, in the Final Four. That's how we would be. But without the cornhole leveler, you can't win that game. So check it out, cornholelevel.com. It's 1995. It's stocking stuffer time here at Shea. Get this as a gift. It's, a, it's really a good gag gift, too, to bust someone's balls. But now they sponsor my stinks list. Now, I got to be clear about something with this stinks list, okay? Maybe, Chris, maybe Chris, it hasn't been explained properly. The stinks list is designed for this. You're watching the game, as I did last night, for about five minutes. And you look up, and you're watching a little bit. And it's like, you know what? The Saints stink. It's, it's like a quick decision. It's very accurate because you're watching the game, and this team stinks. And, and that's just how it is. Uh, it, it's I, then I look at the records. I see who's awful. I look at who they play, what division, who they played the last couple of weeks, and you can just see either they don't score or they have no star or this team stinks. That's how it goes, and that's why it's called the stinks list. And there's always way more stinks in there because this whole stinks list is shrouded in the fact that the NFL stinks and Tom Brady's big comeback drive, pass interference. Defense in the end zone, like it, 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 it's never, it's always a pass interference. Now, I think you only got one on the last drive, which is a miracle. Normally, the over and under on pass interferences under two minutes is five because that's what teams get. Uh, there was one game last year where the, the, the quarterback com- completed two passes and they won the game with a touchdown. How does that work? And the passes were like for nine yards. Awful. Are you talking about the Bills Patriots game? It doesn't matter. It does. It all. Stinks. It was. It was like there was like eight inches of snow in that game. Well, it and it matter. was like forty mile an hour winds. The fact that they even played was crazy. Okay. Well, listen. Yeah, I love I I, I, no game. I, anyway, the NFL game is odd. But here we go. Week nine here, I guess. Um, I call it week nine anyway. Uh, here we go. AFC Buffalo Bills good. Jets good. Miami Dolphins upgraded to good, and I had to think long and hard about this. Well, that should up that should upgrade your Patreon. Yes, from uh, Lou Pinella to Bart Starr. Uh, uh, no, or or a good one with Bart Starr. Um, my buddy Shecky, uh, Mike Lawler. Uh, I, I'm upgrading them to good, but let me tell you, it's a barely good because they 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 were they didn't look that great last week. New England Patriots. I'm going to upgrade to average. And why do I get a funny feeling, uh, even though the Patriots borderline stink, that they're not dead yet. But that's a good division that's wide open there. Baltimore Ravens, I'm going to put them at good. Cincinnati Bengals, average. Browns and Steelers stink. Uh, Tennessee Titans, average. Colts, Jaguars, Texans, they all stink, man. I don't care anybody. They stink. Colts stink the worst. Kansas City Chiefs, I'm going to put it very good. Um, But you know what? They're another team. You watch the games. You're like, yeah, they're good. They got my home. All right. I think they're just all right, but I'm going to keep it very good because they won. God bless. And because you also understand that when it's all said and done and there's four teams left, they're going to be one of them. Uh, Most most likely. No, I I think they're going to get knocked off in the playoffs. This year's going to be unique. There's going to be some up, up, upstart teams going to do well. Kansas city chiefs. Very good. Chargers average Broncos and the Raiders stink. Ugh. 
All right, NFC East, my adorable NFC East. I got the Eagles at very good. Hey, ain't no, bro. Ain't no's ain't no. Uh, Dallas Cowboys that didn't play. Got to keep it very good. That's fair. They didn't get a chance to, to stink. The Giants, I'm keeping it good. And Washington Commanders, stink. Minnesota Vikings, very good. Packers, Bears, Lions, stink. This division is... The reason why I may have to demote the Vikings is because the Packers, Bears, and Lions, I think, are... And the Lions, it's so hard. I swear to God, if my mother was the GM of the of the Lions in the last 10 years, I'm not so sure she would do worse. Right? It's hard... It's hard to be it's hard to be the Chiefs or say Patriots when they had their run there or Packers really. It's just as hard to do that as it is to be awful. It's hard it's, being awful every year in the NFL is not easy. It's hard hard to do that. You have to get injuries, you have to have catastrophic draft picks that don't pan out and you have to have like either a culture or a coaching hires three or four of them that just epically fail. Very difficult to do that. Anyway, um, that being said, I'm or so just sorry. A, a shitty owner, which they do have. Yeah, but even with a shitty owner, it's hard. It's hard. Anyway, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Falcons, Saints, Panthers stink. The Saints stink. All four of that whole division stinks. I, 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 I Tampa Bay, they stink. NFC West, Seattle Seahawks, good. 49ers, average. Rams and Cardinals stink. So that's it. 17 stinks. Uh, Five averages, six goods, a rare, up, very up, way more goods than I thought I'd ever have, and four very goods. That's it. The Jimmy Plumbo stinks list, um, and that's it. I got the, my buddy Neil Goldhaber, MD, saying that Gold uh, Barrett stinks, uh, but he loves Obi. I like him too, but he stinks. Uh, and, and in a big playoff game, he disappears. Don't worry about it. And now, you know what time it is? It's time for Rutgers Hoops. Now, your friend and mine, Coming on to our show, very special guest, my roommate from college at Rutgers, Mr. Manalapan himself. He got injured when he met me, which is why he sucked after that. <laughs> Your friend of mine, Eddie Sucker. Eddie, welcome to the Jimmy Plumbo Show with Chris Gucci. What's up, guys? How you doing, what, bud? What's going on, man? I know Chris is thrilled about this segment, college <laughs> hoops. I wish you were a Packer fan, uh, Zuck. We could talk about that. But we're going to be – I just want to break down. Everybody knows I'm a Rutgers fan. And it's uh, they won last night. Um, how did you think they looked last night? Well, look, it's uh, like you said earlier in the show. I mean, they, they play in Columbia, and you expect them to have that kind of outcome. I mean, you know, first game jitters, some new guys in the program. Uh, but they did what they needed to do. Um, had five guys in double figures, so they had a lot of balance scoring. So – it was, a, it was a good first win. All right. Well, listen, Geo Baker and Harper are gone. The fact that Harper's in the NBA is mind-boggling to me. Now, <laughs> they have a couple guys from last year. They have like – I read they have like 60% of their minutes back or some kind of crap like that you read online. They got Caleb McConnell, who I think is a really good defensive player. I don't think he can score, but we'll see. They got a beast at center. Cliff Omanuri, uh, Omanuri, um, he's a big, big, he's just a big dude, man. And he dunks and he led the nation in dunks, which is pretty hard to do. He's probably going to be an NBA player for sure. If he rounds out the rest of his game, he could maybe be a force. And then you got your friend and mine, Mr. Paul Mulcahy, the guy who, when 
when you're watching the game, you think he does nothing well. You think, what is this kid doing here? He looks like a, a D3 recruit. And then all of a sudden, he's 33 minutes, so 12 points, seven assists. He's one of those guys. And they seem to always play better. So I actually love Paul McKay now. Um, but those are the three guys you have back. And I call this, Eddie, and you can chime in in a second. I call this the year of the if. If guys like uh, the freshman Derek Simpson play well, if Antoine Wolfel plays better, if Cam Spencer, the transfer from Loyola, if a rebar, uh, Reber, who I like the way he plays, um, there's just uh, tons of uh, Moat Mag, if he develops, there's a lot of ifs going on. And if half of the ifs come true, I think they'll make the NCAA tournament. What do you think? Well, uh, let's talk about this season. So, obviously losing Geo and Harper is is huge. But they did get a, a big-time transfer in uh, Cam Spencer, who led the Patriot League uh, in scoring at 18.9 points per game. So, anytime they, you lead, but anytime lead. you lead at Division One. They played, scoring. they played like Matawan, Linden, and Carteret. Let's not get crazy. It's like <laughs> well, you, watch, were, you were Benalapin. You were good at Benalapin. Then you went up against Elizabeth and got brutalized. Come on, Let bro. me tell you something. I saw the kid play last night. Uh, he really is a good player. He can do it from inside, outside. Uh, I think he led the team last night with like 17 points. But um, look, you know, they, they have some veteran players. I mean, they got Paul. They got Cam in. They The cliff is now seasoned. Obviously, Caleb McConnell is a phenomenal defensive player. And you got four core guys right there. And uh, the coaching staff is very high on Malat Mag because he's yep. now stepping up. And if he can hit those perimeter shots, I mean, his his corner three is is really a, a deadly shot for them. And uh, if they have balanced scoring with, with the way they defend, I think they're going to be you know in a good position. Well, I think this kid Cam Spencer. We've had other kids come that are highly regarded. Uh, what's that guy's name? Kiss Peter Kiss, Chris Rock, whatever, whatever his name is. Uh, he <laughs> came in and he stunk. Um, but this guy really looks like he's the real deal, and that'll be a key cog. Uh, he's also good from the free throw line, which we only shoot seventy percent. The thing about Rutgers, though, and this is the is this this is good and bad for a fan base. And Chris, you can relate to this. Even when they're really good, they never look good. In other words, like we'll go play Michigan and beat a Michigan team or beat Ohio State. But it's like if you're watching the game, you're like, oh, this is ugly basketball. And the guys we have still on the team are, I think, are good at ugly basketball. They're scrappy. They play defense. They hustle. We're very good at home. Um, I think we've won 50, uh, 42 out of 50 games. We're 42 and eight at home the last 50 game. Um we finally got that going. So sometimes what I'm worried about, though, is we have to win all of our non-conference games just about, you know, the, the, against all the Bozo teams. We have to win because that's what bit us in the ass last year. We were only in the play-in play game because we lost to DePaul and Lafayette. You can't lose to Lafayette and and go, really and go anywhere. But somehow Rutgers did because they, they beat five top 20 teams in a row, but that's not going to happen this year. Well, I totally, I totally agree with you. You got to win those games. I mean, I think uh, Thursday they play sacred heart and then they play Saturday. They play against uh, UMass Lowell. So you're right. These are games that should not even be in a, in a discussion of why did we lose to teams like that? Yeah, but you ever wonder why the way Pico coaches his defense and hustle and all that, why do we sometimes play so lousy against these, Teams that we should, you know, beat by 15 or 20. 
I mean, that's the million dollar question. I mean, but last night we played against one of those type teams and we blew them out, you know, which yeah, is again, a, what we it was a while. We, we, it was 15 nothing. And next thing you know, it was 21 16. So I mean, Correct. Like, I mean, you know, you, you know, basketball, listen, it's a, it's a game of spurts. I mean, right. you just got to hope that your spurts are, are, are better than the team you're playing against. So it, uh, look, it's just, it's the same thing as podcast. I mean, Joe Rogan had a little spurt. And now I gotta, you know, I gotta catch up, right, Chris? I mean, you know, I <laughs> long, just a long way to go, though, Jim. Just a long right, way to go. Right, just a little more thing is that uh, the experts uh, picked Rutgers to finish eighth in the division in the league. Right. So I guess that's uh, a little bit better than than half because you got fourteen teams in the league. But you're right. You you, you talked about your ifs. I did, you know, watch that uh, freshman Derek Simpson Simpson play last night. Uh, very, he, very good player. Yeah, but he, had, he didn't have a good game. He missed a lot of shots last he night. He missed some shots, but you know what? He took good shots. He, he, he brings a different dimension when he steps on the floor in terms of his speed. And he's long. Uh, he plays hard. He defends. I think he's probably going to be a 20 minutes per game guy. So he's All your right. first guard off the bench. So, yeah, you got the ifs. And obviously, Cliff has to stay on the floor and out of foul trouble. How did Jalen Miller do? He, you know, he was fine. He, you know, he does what he does. He defends. Yeah, I'm, get, and he I'm comes getting in that. I'm getting that. I'm getting that. He's a fine. He's, he's fine. Uh, you know, he's gonna be there. For, he'll be there for four years. We'll be still saying the same thing. I mean, he's not a guy that's gonna come in and score twenty points per game for you. That's not his role. You know, his role is to get on the floor and defend and lead. Here's another thing, and I know people. I, I listen. I, I the Rutgers football and basketball season overlap. So if I'm talking a lot about Rutgers today, oh, because the Michigan game last week was big, and now the season started. I'll tell you one thing. If you're a recruit, right, Chris, and you got to visit, uh, you know, uh, Rutgers and then the next weekend, Michigan, uh, Penn State, right? And Penn State's playing Ohio State. And so you go to the Rutgers game and there's like 40,000 people there, about 15 at the kickoff. And it's nice. People are drinking in the parking lot. It's a nice little place. And then you go to Penn State and you're like, whoa, white out, going nuts, right? Like you have to be like, whoa, this is a whole different game. Now for basketball. I think it's exactly the opposite. Any recruit I'm telling you, Chris, I don't know when's the last time you went to the rack. You go to the rack for like a Big Ten game, and it's as big as college basketball atmosphere as you can possibly get. Of course, it's not Cameron or North Carolina, but I'm talking about where the place, that awful design of that awful trapezoid shitty building it, the fans are like on the court. It's loud. It's also bad acoustics. So the loud reverberates, the band's playing. It's like, it becomes like a beehive. And if you're a recruit, you're like, Whoa, this is awesome. Uh, and I can't believe we have that now. Um, we are, it, it's the rack is a very difficult place to play. And I think uh, that's the biggest thing Pikel has done. It's just, it's a tough place to play. And therefore, you know, you win your you you tend to do well at home. It's that simple. Let me ask you this question: When was the last time? And you and I go back a long way. Rutgers opens up at home against Columbia, and it was sold out. It's unbelievable. I mean, what does that tell you about you, how far now, Rutgers basketball okay, has come? Okay. When you played, let me tell you how it used to be. I lived on Livingston, hundred yards away. I I used to just walk into the rack. There wasn't even like ticket people. They were they were like. It was like it was like a student building. Like it was like going to the library, going to the rack. I'm gonna to go to the, the lunch hall. You just walked in, and some guy goes, "Hey, where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, the, we're playing Lafayette. The game starts. All right, where are you sitting?" Like, oh, I'm gonna sit like, well, there's that little section with the rich people, but I'll sit over a little bit over there. I used to like wave to you, like you would act like you were a tough guy. 
Um, and you and Ellerby, but it would be like, it was like maybe what, 1500 people there, those early games. Yeah. You know, listen, look, I mean, again, Columbia sold out. I mean, that's just a credit to Pykele and what he's built at Rutgers and our fan base now is like a big time division one basketball. I mean, that's what we are. I'm just worried though, that the scrappiness I have them, uh, we we can, we'll, we'll go into predictions now. I, I can't believe I'm being so positive. Chris, you're going to be shocked at this. Uh, I have them going 19 and 12. I think we're going to get a few ifs out of these if guys. <laughs> we're going to go 19 and 12. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, losing ba- Baker and Harper, and now I'm saying we're going to be 19 and 12. I don't know where I'm. Maybe I'm smoking dope and drinking wine. But um, I think, I think, yeah, I think we're going to go 19 and 12. And I think we're going to get a regular bid in the dance. I do. That's, Eddie, that's what's your bold, prediction? That's, that's a bold prediction. I, mean, I know. I don't know why. It, I just feel like being positive because everything. I'll tell else you is what. Negative. If 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 we're able to make the NCAA tournament with losing Harper and Geo, that is right. unbelievable. If you look at look at things, yeah, we have some veteran guys back, but I think there are going to be spurts, and we saw them last year with these good players that we're going to have trouble scoring at times. Yep, and you, yep. you you know this that if you don't put the ball in the basket, yep. your, your defense and, is and, only going to take you so far. But you got to so, remember, we had, we had trouble putting the ball in the basket last year, and we had Baker and Harper, and believe it or not, they were the reason why we had trouble putting the ball in the basket. <laughs> I, you know what? One thing about Peichel, and Rutgers fans are totally not going to get this. I mean, they should get it. How about um, how about when like the the good players on Rutgers, you would swear they went back to their dorm in the middle of the second half for like seven minutes. Like you'd be watching a Rutgers game, and all of a sudden, like is Baker hurt? Is Harper? Where'd they go? And like, they're in the, Oh, they're still there. And then like, they just, they'll have like 12 at the half. And then like with six minutes ago, Harper will have only 14. Like, where'd he go? Like, right. He was in the game earlier. Um, th- totally. I agree with you. There were times last year where, where, where both of those players were MIA during, during games and like what was going on with this whole thing. So right. look, if, if you say 19 wins and we get to 19 and we're competitive in the, in the uh, Big Ten, like last year, we finished fourth at twelve and eight, which was an right. unbelievable accomplishment. If you finish twelve and eight in the Big Ten conference and you win nineteen games, you're in. You're well, in the dance. Yeah. Another thing, I got a Mark Resnick here. Um, he said he says uh, say hi to Corey. Um, the um, uh, Mark Resnick, he's on the chat here. He says, "Does nineteen and twelve get are you?" And yes, yeah, Rutgers wins nineteen games. They're going. It's that simple. Um, I think they're going to get in. And now the Rutgers used to be the little train. Like, who are they? Can they make it? Now it's like, it really is, is their fourth year of getting in in a weird way, if you look at it that way. Um, right? They had the COVID. That was one. And then we Correct. went two in a row. So really, this would be the fourth year. So that people know who Rutgers and the coaches know who Rutgers are. I'll tell so you, I, as for you and me who room together and have been through all these ups and downs, uh, in Rutgers athletics, and I'm talking about Rutgers a of, basketball. A lot of downs. Right, a lot of but, downs. but again, for me as a former like, player, to right. turn that TV on last night to see the opening game and see the rack sold out against Columbia, to right. me, that was icing on the cake as far as how far we've come as a program. And credit to Pykele and his staff for what they have done and have taken this organiz- you know, this team to another level. Right. It's just a great thing to see. Uh, let me ask you this. This is a dumb question. How does Rutgers treat you? I mean, obviously, you, you played there, uh, but yeah, it's not like you were an All-American there, but you were the Big East, uh, not Big East, uh, Atlantic 10 
fre- uh, top freshman. What were you, Atlantic 10, third yep. team, something like that. Uh, and people know who you are. How do they treat you, like, uh, corporate-wise uh, over there? Do, uh, do they handle those things? Well, I know for a while, I don't think they did, That's, you know. Well, I'll tell you one thing, that uh, anytime uh, I need tickets and I want to go to a game and I, I make a call to the basketball office, they do go out of their way to provide uh, tickets for former players. And they want the former players there. They want right. the current players to see and meet the you know, former players. And um, they do a great job with that. So I, I have only positive things to say about what you know what they do That's and how good. they. You love they to hear to that because there was a, a year, some years there. I think Rutgers sometimes dropped the ball in terms of getting that stuff done. Um, well, we have uh, we have uh, we have late breaking news here. Late breaking news, Chris. This is you, big news, Chris. I no, think I know what you're talking about. I see it's, it. It's big, bro. Mike Lawler, aka Shecky, because of my now this might be pale. Some of the, I'm going to take some heat for this. He has joined Patreon. So now we have 15, but we're going to hold off on the nickname for 15 till next week. Maybe we'll be higher. Now nah, we shouldn't. We are now in the Thurman Munson slash Bart star of Patreon. Mike Shecky Lawler joins Patreon at Palumbo's at 15. Fans are on their feet. There's confusion on the field. Uh, we are now up to 15. Um, that's very exciting. I got his $3. He loves the show. And that's very, that's big news. I, I can't believe, even on election day, uh, CNN's breaking with it right now. Underneath it just says, Shecky gives Patreon. It's big. It's big. <laughs> now, my fear is if the Dolphins lose next week, I got to be careful. So maybe there is, listen, I'm Italian. It's New Jersey. Maybe there's got to, you know, Chris, maybe sometimes you got to turn, you got to look the other way. Sometimes. Sell out sometimes. It's not even looking the other way. It's just completely <laughs> selling out. Let's call it what it is. You're a sellout. Yes. And I need to sell out more. So listen. If you have a team that stinks and you want to be upgraded above the stinks list, well, there's one easy way to do it. All you got to do is sign up for Patreon, and I will uh, I will say how great your team is uh, up to a point, and then I have to, you know, I got I got to have some integrity. Uh, hey, let me ask you a question: Being that you two guys are, are sports guys, did I see, or am I reading this correctly that? Jacob DeGrom has signed a four-year, $180 million contract with the Rangers. Did you see that? Is that is that like uh, – Chris would know true? better than I. Um, SNY was reporting that he was signing a four-year, 180 wow. with the Texas Rangers. Wow. If that's the case, you know me. I'm a that, Mets fan. I how long ago How long ago did you get that news? Because I do not see it yet. Okay, well, that's good. If you don't see it, then I'm very happy about All that. Because right. you know that I'm a humongous Mets fan, and I had to deal with you and your ridiculous Yankees all those all those times when we were roommates together. I couldn't handle you. But we are Giant fans, you and I, and we never forgot that. No, we we're know both who we Giant are. fans. We're both we Giant fans. We, we, we know who we stand. And listen, if, if someone's going to get – if so, if someone's gonna give Degrom 180 million dollars, I would be like, should I call you an Uber? Or you guys, how do, you, how do I get you out of here that fast? Hey, um, let me give you one more number, 87. Somebody that I know you loved as a player, and I loved him in the 70s. How about Ron, Dave, Ron Moses? No, how about Dave Casper? I know. I didn't. I was, gonna, I was hoping that Chris. I was hoping that Chris would mention Dave Casper, but um, as a, one of those crazy NFL films guys, yes, Dave Casper was number eighty-seven for sure. Um, no, hey, no announcement way, on Degrom. And by the way, let, let's let, let, listen. All right, if, if you, if, you the, bring up, if the Rangers offer him that contract, would you say four years, one hundred and eighty mil? Yes. Yeah. Then he's going to take that because the Mets aren't going to give him that. 
Here's another thing about the Mets. Th- no th- way. This, this guy, Diaz, right, signs a big contract. He had a phenomenal year. Yes. I mean, t- top, maybe top five or top three years you could have as a reliever is awesome. The horn thing, it was a fan thing. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. But please, please, all my fellow Facebook, don't compare him to Mariano Rivera. Oh, the higher contract and all that. If Mariano was in his prime today, he'd be making $40 million a, 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 an hour. Um, you know, Mariano, uh, yeah, he blew some saves, but you got to – you, you you gotta do it for 20 years, man. And I don't care. I remember like three years ago, uh, Diaz stunk. Uh, Mariano never stunk. And you can make the argument Mariano was better before. I'll he tell was you this. While, while I season. agree, I, I don't hear the same people. And when I do hear, if I do hear something like that, I just ignore it and I say, you know what, we can't talk crazy. Sports. We can't, can't talk, talk sports. That? With somebody no. like that. But he was he was phenomenal this year. If, if but Mariano was playing today. He would be getting the most money of any reliever in baseball. Right. And, no and, question. And, and I think conversely, that, conversely, though, I would take Diaz on the Yankees in a heartbeat. Diaz, oh, so. let me tell you something. Well, we he, don't have a crit. What are you talking about? I I closed three games last year. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Here goes Malumbo coming Listen, in at sixty-one miles an hour. As a Met junk. fan, as a Met fan, Mariano, excuse me, Diaz was just ridiculous. He's he was crazy. so good and. Could have been one of the greatest seasons ever I, as a reliever. Yeah, I mean, you could you could good. definitely make that argument. No question. I mean, the guy was just I mean, lights out. And, yep. You know, he's he's and you know what's great too. Market Listen, value. We, uh, uh, um, I don't hate the Mets at all. I uh, the whole horn thing. It was pretty fun. It would uh, when he did that live. That guy, he came. It oh, was, that was unbelievable. You know what? By the way, I think the Mets had to give him the money only because not only is, did he have a great year and blah blah blah. He also has like this marketing thing. I mean, everybody you know they were playing that horn at the Rutgers game yeah. uh, Saturday night. Everybody started to clap. It's it's just it's a cool thing, uh, and the Mets kind of. It's also a trumpet, but yeah, what <laughs> I call it. A horn. Hey, before a horn. I, uh, Is he I dizzy Gillespie up there, well, but it's part of the horn section, asshole. Yeah. So but I was just, not uh, inaccurate. Get you get your, uh, but it was fun. Even as a you know any fan, when he came out, it was fun. Uh, it's 100%. a lot like Cortez with the Yankees. He does those weird kicks and stuff like that on the mound. So, hey, before I sound off here, I want to give a shout out to uh, my son and the YU men's basketball team. They open up tomorrow night against St. Joe's, Connecticut, and uh, right. he plays for uh, Yeshiva, right? Yes, he does. I, and and cool. again, Starting. any any level of college athletics that you're. Uh, associated with you could be as as a player as an accomplishment to any student athlete and uh last year for my son looking forward to really uh taking this all in and absorbing it and enjoy it it. listen anytime your kids play it's it's you're right it's it's a great thing enjoy it um and uh you know go uh you know go why you or why what do you call it why you max baby the max here we go all right well we'll we'll, we'll keep an eye on them i'll have you back on in the middle right before the uh Right before the Big Ten tournament, I'll have you in you got again. It. And I appreciate Eddie. I love you. Thanks for coming you on too, the brother. show. Love you. Chris, great talking to you. Thing. You as and, well. Uh, we'll talk to you later on, Eddie. All right, brother. Go are you. That's Eddie Zucker with his thoughts on Rutgers. Um, you know, I know you don't follow college basketball that much, Chris, but Rutgers has been pretty good the last three or four years, and they got a lot of ifs, though. And if the ifs I, go bad, it's I trouble. think that my heavy involvement with the NFL – and then the NBA at the same time as college basketball starting, it's impossible for me to get going until 
right. conference play. And once and, conference play starts, then I'm then I'll start getting into it. And also, you know what? To be honest with you know, Rutgers has not really been that good in so long. So like, it's not like you a casual fan has a history of, in other words, Rutgers basketball has been good only for three and a half years. So it's not like they were good in 1991 and, you know, they they beat Duke one year. I've had, I've had spurts in my life where I've really gotten into college basketball and then kind of faded away and then liked it a lot. And then really was, it was typically attached to how I was doing gambling at the time. I would say like if I'm, if I was winning money that year, I will. Yeah. College basketball is great. That, but that's one of the things I hate about the NBA draft a little bit is that like when you watch college, I watch college basketball more now. And then on draft day, there's so the international players, like I don't know them as well. So when you watch in the NBA draft, you're like, ah, you know, he played for the Taiwan bears or whatever. And like, you're like, Oh, heck, usually it's like, I, I grew up with like from Virginia, from North Carolina, from Texas. And now they're getting, and these players are great. And I wish that it makes the NBA better. Or sure. worse, depending how you look at it, but International League. harder to get into. The NBA right. is the hardest sport to get into professionally, I think, by far. Oh, well, there's only 12 guys. There's only, what is it? There's 100 and how many? 100 and 200 players. And and then the pool that they're taking from is worldwide. And remember, they play, every country plays it. Every college. Yeah. And not has to mention, not to team. mention, you also have to be at least a certain height. And, and you know, like it's, there's so many variables that go into it. You have well, to just you, be. You, you bring up the the height thing, and I, and I'll get off the Rutgers thing in a second. But I just read that Rutgers offered a scholarship to a kid who plays up by me here. His name is Grusser, I think. And I've been saying for years, Rutgers has to get a guy who's a little short. He doesn't have the you know everything's wrong about him. He's short. He's this. He can't. But what he does is he makes it happen. Like I, try, I always say, Trace McSorley, a poor man's Trace McSorley, and they just offered a kid um, a scholarship who is going to Harvard, but now he may renege. And I was reading the coaches talking about him, and I'm like, maybe this is the guy who, like, you know what? Nobody's looking at him, but he throws a touchdown pass every day. Like, I want that guy who, like, is a gamer. You know what I mean? Not a kid. You know what I'm saying, Chris? That kind of, like, I don't know I don't know what the right word is. Like He's a Doug a gamer, Flutie. Maybe. A Doug Flutie, someone who – all eyes are upon him. Like that might be he, like a, a little bit lofty, a little bit of a, higher, but right. but yes, someone know. who's like when you're down by fourteen. The NFL the version, half, the NFL version of Doug Flutie. Right. We'll so say. anyway, um, also big news. I don't have all the details. I will be returning to the Avonell Performing Arts Center in downtown Avonell, New Jersey, Woodbridge Township in March. I don't have the dates all set up yet and the prices and online and all that. We're not, we're, that should happen uh, in a couple days. Um, it's going to be mid-March, two shows, Friday and Saturday. Chris, I hope you can make one of them, perhaps by then. Um, and uh, we may even tape it and do a big thing, but it's also going to be like a Colonial High School reunion. I really want to just, that was the coolest thing about the show last year. We sold out a couple of shows, and there were so many Colonial people just floating like, around it the, was bar. Like the It was beer, cool. It was like the St. John Vianney beer tent. Correct. It was like, uh, probably <laughs> one guy said to me, this is better than any uh, uh, reunion for Colonial has ever had in like years. It was fun. I saw people older than me, way younger than me. Hey, what's going on? I remember your dad. It was fun. I'm trying to create that atmosphere. I'm going to be bringing in some very good comics, because in case I suck, um, and it should be a good old time. In Avenel. I'll be... We have plenty of time to deal with the dates and times and ticket prices and all that. Um, so that'll be that. Chris, do you watch Handmaid's Tale? No, come on. Oh, it's you cool. know better, Jimmy. 
dude, it's good, bro. And I'm not denying that it's good, but does your girl watch it? Because some no, my mother definitely watches it. All right. Well, I think your mom's a fan of the show. So um I um this handmaid's tale, what a freaky show. It's so provocative, it's so stupid. And uh, if yeah, I'm not anybody doesn't know handmade sales about the United States kind of gets taken over by this uh, people and they take women and they make the women have babies for people. It's, but it's like they, they, they weave in things that you, you start going like, Oh, that could totally happen today. Um, I know it's just one of the, and the act, the, the actors are just like, it's one of those shows that I don't know if I could be on. <laughs> it's one of those shows like, Ooh, everyone's too good here. Um, you know, to me, it's like, uh, you know, North Carolina, um, but it's really cool. I also saw, uh, if you didn't watch it, then we really can't talk about it, but it, it's, it's one of those shows. If you're looking for a streaming, a show, I would say handman's tale, dig yourself in. It is intense. You will not be able to sleep right away, but it's not so much gory. It's just like, Whoa, this is intense. The other thing is, you know, Artie Lang was on that, uh, comedy show, uh, on vice about, uh, when, when things happen to comics, it's on the Vice Channel. I'm forgetting the title of it. It's airing now. They have they show all these comics that have had downfalls and deaths and stuff like that. But I saw the one on Greg Giraldo. Um, and I forgot how really funny he was and how his ups and downs. And, you know, he ended up, you know, to ODing by accident, really. But uh, it was very intense. They had a lot of – check that episode out if you can. It was uh, – You doing it right over there? It was, um, uh, I just had, I just, you know, I had to get a little, I got a little gas at my diet, bro. You know what I mean? A lot of yeah. broccoli. Um, but um, I thought it, it was a very interesting show. That's highly recommended. And I don't know if you noticed. Did you ever see the show, the movie Christmas Story? Yes. Okay. You know, there's a new one coming out. Yes. He's older now. Now, it's either going to be really fun in a Cobra Kai way or like, Brutal. Yeah, I I'm gonna probably lean towards the the latter. The, the okay, the but now but, but are you gonna be man enough to admit when if you and you're gonna I'll make you watch it. I'll watch uh, it. I, look, these types of things, man enough to admit. Of course, I Jimmy, want you to. I, have, I, I but, have a girlfriend. Do you realize the amount of of unmanly things that take place in my life? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm aware. I, I listen. I uh, I played that. I I know all about that band. Uh, okay. Yeah, as the guy I was a lead singer in that band for many years. You still um, are because you're going to do the Nutcracker on on Sunday and rehearsals and things you know, like that. So I got to give you credit listen, there. Listen, you know, something p- p- pumpkin picking is one thing. Okay, let me dance taste rehearsal it. is an entirely different. But listen, animal. something crazy happened. I've been doing the Nutcracker for a couple of years now, right? Never a big deal because rehearsals were on Sunday. And and why did I have any reason to watch any football on Sunday? Now I looked at the guy who's done twelve shows in a row, twelve years. He's a big giant fan. I go, dude, Giants are like good now. Like what? What he was like? I, oh, this is killing me. When I signed up for this, I didn't think we'd be good, but we have cell phones and we try to get scores. And although I still, whenever I try to get a game on my phone, it never works out. I guess I gotta get some kind of NFL package on your phone. How does that work? Um. I have yeah. a couple. I, I know of. I know of a way. If you know anybody in college, I could get you NFL Sunday ticket for the rest of the season for like sixty bucks on your devices. I may. We may talk about off the air. I'm sure it goes through China or Taiwan to get that. No, it goes through the NFL network, and there's a student discount. So all you have to do is have their, like, there's a Rolodex on DirectTV.com right. of all of the students enrolled in any college in the country, and all if right. it lines up. 
Hey. Okay. Well, listen, you know? listen. This right is... now, I am currently Ashley's sister who goes to Delaware. Well, listen, I I think you're a, a, you know Ashley's cute, so you look adorable as Ashley's sister right there. Delaware Blueheads. Um, the uh, there's so much there's such big news. First, you know, we got mm. Patreons going up to fifteen. I'm doing a show in Avenel. Um, uh, and also I got a booking. I will be shooting a movie next week in downtown Somerville, New Jersey, uh, directed by Thomas Baldinger. Um, and I have a meeting with him regarding some beer league stuff tonight. So this is a big week. I've had a lot of meetings. I'm trying to really put a lot of cool stuff together. Uh, there'll be some big announcements coming up and, um, and that's it. So I booked the film, make a few dollars and I'm doing the nutcracker and I'm doing Avenel and, uh, and that's it, Chris. And also, oh, we can't really announce any news on that other stuff, can we? Um, we could tease it a little bit. There's there might be <laughs> something in the works with a new network. There could be a new show involved. There's the, a lot. Uh, there's a lot of logistics that need to be worked out yes, on the, the, all the, fronts. The Jimmy Plumbo show news. will exist as it is, but I might have like another small little half hour show that will be on a network, a streaming network that's pretty big, and a bunch of chop sports shows will be go along with that as well. Which that'll be big news for all of us because. The key word is there's revenue involved. So that's, that's the key word. What rhymes with revenue downtown Matawan. Um, so that, that'll be some big news and it's exciting. I give you guys credit for uh, getting these nibbles uh, mojo app and uh, this other network. And that's cool stuff. That's where you want to be. You know what, Chris, I think we, Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? How could I forget to not mention pine tar Bar and Grill, Tommy Plinio's place at 121 South Main Street, Fork and River, 609-489-4286. Go check it out. Go watch the Giants. Go watch Rutgers. Go watch uh, Penn State, whatever the hell you want to watch. Awesome sports bar. Really good food. Say hello to my buddy Tommy. Call him a jerk off. I was his babysitter once, and uh, he'll probably punch you in the face if you call him a jerk off, but that's cool. And Pine Tar, Bargrill.com. Go check it out. There's a thousand TVs in there. It's cool. And you know what, Chris? I think we should end the show on that, my friend. Sounds like a plan, my friend. I, and I will see you next week. Now, next week, I'm going to say it on the air. It looks like we're going to have Joe Latrulio, who was Dave in Beer League, but he's also on Brooklyn 911 for 10 years. So he's coming on our show next week. He's scheduled to anyway. You know, uh, Ralph Macho will be coming on the show. And we're going into the guest arena. But I wanted to have Eddie Zucker on because it's Rutgers basketball time. All right, that's it. The next one, I'll talk it over here from the Omni in downtown Mawa. All right, we'll see you, Chris. All right, I'll see you, Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. See you.